Okay, well, this is going to be rough. I'm going to say that up front to lower expectations. I'm on my uh, daily walk, and I'm on the uphill part of it, which means I'm going to be somewhat out of breath. There's a very good probability that a large vehicle will drive by while I'm recording this, so treat the uh, quality of the uh, recording accordingly. And I didn't uh, take notes on this. It's actually just a rehash of something I was talking to myself about a few days ago. So now at least I have the cover of talking into my phone. Um, so it's this, this idea of rights. So um, no, uh, what's his name? Harari, the historian. He wrote a very interesting history of the modern world. It's called Sapiens, actually, the title. And in it, he said something that's kind of really commonsensical, but he said it so starkly that it stuck with me. Um, and what he said was that most all of modern culture and society is just an invention. We invented money. Like, we just, in, we just endowed, like, meaning upon physical objects, right? So money has this symbolic like it's like actually the coin that says you know in god we trust on one side and so on like that coin is actually a myth it's not like the value of that actually exists in this interdependent space and he said the same thing with our uh religious convictions our belief in uh, transcendent meaning um our belief in a lot of the constructs of modern society, like uh, rights. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, like, that's kind of like pay dirt. Like, if you want, like, the, the sort of... Maybe you want to say it's cynical, but if you want to start from the smallest footprint, right? You're not going to invoke Zeus. You're not going to do a bunch of stuff here. You're just going to start with something that's like, look... Let's see if we can track this down. I know where, you know, my shoe came from. It came from the factory. I know where, you know, I came from, at least in the, the more limited sense of I was born and so on. We can see other animals being born. And so we can piece together a lot about the world just looking around, observing things and making sense of it. But we can't see rights, right? And so, but like nothing would work unless we invested so much emotional energy and psychic energy into these things are real. They divide us. Where do my rights end? Where do your responsibilities begin? It's like we just endlessly argue, you know? And you can see this today. It's always been here. So I don't want to step into the trap of saying that uh, all this cantankerous um, discussion that we have on social media in the last 20 years there is a tone to it that I think is slightly, it, it is in some sense taking on a life of its own relative to the whole history of Western society, uh, bitching and crabbing and worrying and being angry about rights. But what's interesting to me is that I don't think at any other time in history have we had more of a disconnect between the amount of pure energy and passion we put into discussing and defending right and attacking people for having the wrong view i don't think at any time in history have we had such a world global obsession with the power of rights and just absolutely beside ourselves when some rights are infringed upon uh then 
today than say in the last decade. And equally, I think, arguably, this is more arguable, at no other time in history have we had more confusion about where this stuff comes from. <laughs> like, like somebody could like, uh, like a millennial, not to pick on the younger generation, but it's, it's a stereotype, stereotypical case, typical case. Uh, a millennial could be running around, you know, on the verge of suicide or mass, you know, murder because of some perceived violation of a norm. Rights for his group, himself, and so on. But have like almost zero idea of where, like what grounds that stuff, right? Like, so one of the things you kind of learn uh, you learn it in philosophy class. It's kind of a dirty word. Nobody likes to think about philosophy, but this is kind of where you get this addressed and in intellectual history as well. But when you think one of the things you learn is you don't want to be like chasing your tail about something. You want to actually start from principles and say, this is why I'm arguing this. Um, and I, I think like there at no other time has there been a bigger disconnect between rights and between our understanding of where these things come from. So getting back to Harari, uh, if you take the view that we were not endowed by our creator, as the U.S. Constitution says, with certain unalienable rights, which means we have this expanded metaphysical framework, and within that framework, we, we fit things such as we are distinct from the animal kingdom, and we are distinct in not just a cognitive way or the ability to use tools or language, but we're distinct because we actually do. It resides within us by in virtue of being a person, right? A human being that is a person that we have these rights and they're not gifted to us from the benevolence of one dictator or another dictator. They're intercultural and they are uh, forever. They're eternal, right? So the things that we talk about were true a thousand years ago. It's just that the culture, for whatever reason, had covered those up and, you know, power structures and bad leaders and poor education and whatever you want to say. So like, if you have, if you have that view, or I, I should put this the other way. If you agree, generally speaking with Harari, that things like rights and, and principles like good and bad are all just effectively myths that were invented, you have an immediate problem. And it's a problem actually that the German philosopher Nietzsche made memorable um, in the 19th century. So, and I, I kind of think of this as a, like, this is always a test. Like I always, like I'll ask, and I'm not coming at this, you know, being, having a particular religion or, you know, being a Christian or any of that stuff. Like, don't put me in that camp. That's not where I'm coming. I'm just looking at this. These are the issues. Um, and I'm not arguing this from a particular position. Um, so Nietzsche said, this is the litmus test question for just somebody thinking deep. Um, you know, God is dead. And what do we do now? Like he was, he, Nietzsche himself was an atheist. And, but he was, he was tormented 
by this, uh, by this question of like, look, it seems like God has died. And what he meant by that was, is that as a cultural construct, no one really believes in God anymore. Uh, we've, we have outgrown historical religion as a, as the Western world has. So he was troubled by this. He didn't think it was a good thing because his, the follow-up question is, what do we replace it with? And so when I ask people this question, their response to the question tells me a lot about how, how, how they're connecting with topics. If they don't think anything's wrong with that, and we're just going to construct a new, you know, utopian world on the basis of reason, that, and very smart people, by the way, have said this. I mean, somebody like Sam Harris has a, a, some flavor of this view, but in general, that is betraying a skim over the top of the problem. And one of the problems to return to rights is, is that we now have no basis other than invention and mythology to ground our notion of rights. There's been all kinds of ingenious attempts over the course of the last, you know, several hundred years, but especially in the 20th century, to try to ground positive notions of right rights and to try to ground um, morality in something like emotions, pleasure and pain and so on. And that's, that gets us into philosophical topics that I'm not interested in. But what I am interested in is uh, this question, like, so let me put it this way. By any serious, purely scientific worldview, you're never going to get, you're basically going to vitiate all the normal concepts that we use. This is almost guaranteed to happen if you're, if you, if you're uh, a, a believer or a proponent in something like science is the, the measure of truth. So here's the problem. Almost everything that we feel is basic and fundamental about human experience is ground in something that's not doesn't have a good scientific explanation we can start with an obvious example like love and you know like a scientific treatment of love is a dissection of that into a set of motivations a set of mistakes a set of fictions a set of lies etc that cash themselves out in terms of mating strategies and reproductive strategies and so on. But by the time you're done with explaining it scientifically, there's not much left. All the Shakespeare has left the room, right? So we want to, so I think it's peculiar in the modern age that we want, we want to cling to these really deep ideas. Like you infringed on my rights, motherfucker. And this is a bad thing because it's written into the universe that we shouldn't, you know, do this. I don't just mean it feels bad to me. I mean, you are actually violating a fundamental standard of all developed and moral and ethical communities, right? Societies. Or, you know, when I say that I love my girlfriend or I love my, my husband or my love my wife, I don't just mean that it's a convenient fiction and so on. I mean that I have these like really deep feelings for her that persist over time in spite of all the arguments that you can throw at me about motivations and reproduction and so on. 
or a need to have a nuclear family or some kind of, you know, socio-political. So we don't really, we, we don't, we want like the full thing. We want the big ideas, the, the, the traditional concepts of that's bad, that's good. You infringed on my rights. You know, you have a responsibility to this. Um, we want that. We don't want a surface level scientific explanation of that. But here's the, so this, this is exactly the problem. I think in the modern era, we have basically, whether unwittingly or explicitly, or just kind of like we bumble fucked our way into it in the last 20 years while we were all surfing the web. But we have basically come to adopt give or take more or less a shallow scientific set of propositions or truths about this is the shit that's really real the other stuff is fiction like harari said the historian the other stuff is mythology basically it's just mythology that we need to keep the wheels turning in society it's 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 mythology that we have to cling to to make sense of things but it is, at the end of the day, a useful fiction. But we basically, like, and what, by, by we, I mean the ethos, the modern kind of mind, has effectively come up with something like that. So that um, if you ask a survey of, I don't know, college freshmen or something, I don't know if we still have those things. But, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of moral relativism. You're going to get a lot of, sometimes you're going to get like kind of nihilism, right? Like nothing really means anything. We just, we just struggle through. Look, I'm, I'm actually sympathetic to that view. Like, I think there's a lot to be said that we have invented a lot of this stuff in order to keep the you know, keep the car on the road, so to speak. But, um, it, that kind of view does not square with our emotional reactions to things, with our deep need to see um, white hats and black hats. Like if you, really, if you really were consistent on one of these horns of this dilemma and said like, yeah, we kind of figured out that we were full of shit for thousands of years inventing gods and, you know, like first we got rid of Zeus and then we got rid of like, you know, finally we started getting rid of the major monotheists monotheistic religions although we kind of didn't do that did we there's billions of muslims and christians and jews and so on i think there's a lot of buddhists too over a billion um i forgot what i was going to say i think that To resolve that horn, those horns of that dilemma, we're going to have to have discussions outside of, this is a big segue, but I think like, and this is a more contentious point, this is my Unabomber point, like, I think that like by and large, the skimming the surface view, the kind of cynical view of things, while also just allowing emotional excess to run rampant and self-righteousness just to grow without limit. Like, I think that kind of thing is like acting in bad faith, to borrow from Sartre. But I think it's kept aloft or kept alive somewhat artificial. Like, I think we would start to pierce through this incredibly 
conceptual tail chasing uh, inconsistency today, I think we would start to pierce through that if we weren't spending so much time surfing the shallows online. Like, I don't, like, there is some connection between the, the main core technical platform, social media, social networking, and just kind of like life on the internet and the web today, circa 2020. There's something about that experience that lends itself specifically and particularly to us not resolving or finding deeper and more satisfying and meaningful answers to these basic questions. Like the question that question that Nietzsche posed, like God is dead and thus spake Zarathustra, one of his great books, that tortured German soul. But he like his point was like shouting from the mountain type that God is dead is like we all need to really stop and seriously think about how to proceed now, given that there's no way back, but only some way forward that's uncharted. But when we went from sort of, you know, Nietzsche's hand wringing about God being dead to like fucking Facebook we're not in a position to really resolve the core challenge of the current age. We're not, we're unlikely to find a deeper sort of root cause satis- satisfying answer is that's, that's how I would put it. And there is a connection to technology in the same sense, like I'll just use this bad analogy, but no technology is not an you know, an ultimate sort of, like it is, and it's not just instrumental. It's not just that we use it and we stay intact. It does, it does affect us and influence us and it limits us and it expands us. And all of that is true, but no, it's not, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not going to like, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't have the power to actually stop something but i think it does have the power to just like obfuscate and exacerbate existing problems um so uh i forgot what i was gonna say again oh yeah like it's kind of like if you're really hung over like say you just went out and you just drank to excess and the next day you're really hung over and you're trying to think about something or do something and it's just like there's a you just have just massive brain fog and it's got like a specific cause to it like you know you're just like detoxing ethyl alcohol out of your cells you know like it's like technology functions as that kind of it's like no it's not that you're dumb like you know but it's that you're in a kind of you stumbled into a fucking brain fog there bob and Mary. And now that you're in it, you're kind of loath to get out of it because what else the hell would I do? Uh, so I think that like this, the connection with technology is very real. Um, but I think just even like, but I don't think that we can, we can actually exhaust what needs to be said about doing the hard work of kind of retooling every era. And I don't think that we have a satisfying answer to Nietzsche's question. I think when we go back and we look at like, what are we going to do after the fall of Rome? There was this question. 
And it took hundreds of years and like the Middle Ages and so on to answer it. And then we had the Enlightenment. And that seemed like it really put wind at the sails of Western, the Western world. And then sort of like that sort of ran out after, well, maybe 200 years of the Enlightenment. We had Nietzsche looking around saying, ah, we're fucked again. And I think today, like, we got to, like, say that again. Like, ah, shit. Like, we didn't answer the question of the 19th century. And now we're in, we put ourselves in a position where we're, we're all hung over and we don't know what the answer is and we kind of can't think it through. We're too busy yelling at each other about our rights. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's what's so funny. Like, the stuff didn't go away. It just manifested itself in this like festering wound style, but it's not like we've diminished, like what was it? Huxley's idea in the, in uh, the brave new world where we would all just kind of take Soma and chill out. And it's like, well, how do you argue with the future technological society that Huxley portrayed? If in fact, everybody in the damn society is happy, but we're not, we're like the opposite. Everybody's pissed off. They're running around with virtual spears and, bows and arrows and swords and um so you know no better time man no better time to think about this stuff so i guess that's my first post it's a rough one but i i warned you take care